Here we go. What does Polygonal Minos mean? Danger landmine. What? Roman, you good? My ass is in fuego! Oh! How are you not dead? No matter how fast you are, no one outruns the past. Long time, though. Little brother. I will stop you. Not this time. There's something much greater at work here, Don. This weapon is revolutionary. And now, it's mine. Let's show the world what we've got. <laughs> My brother's about to hurt a lot of people. We need help. Get the break for me, would you, Don? It's good to be back. If we do this, we risk everything. So we ride to the death together. Yes! Really, duct tape? You acting like we on our way to Home Depot. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Sang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture and Derek Wong. So this week we're discussing the newest and ninest installation of the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise, Fast 9, or Fast and Furious 9, or The Fast and The Furious 9, or F9. Or Magnets, How Do They Work, the movie. <laughs> yeah, so long delayed. Again, another movie that's been delayed by the pandemic. Um, I believe this was supposed to come out last summer, question mark? Yes, last summer. Got pushed back to this summer. Yeah, the ninth installation of the Fast and Furious franchise, not including Hobbs and Shaw. Is that correct? I was going to say, it's technically 10, right? The 10th, right? Yeah. If you include Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, we should just get right into it. I think I can handle a lot of ridiculousness in my movies. I don't want to be labeled as no fun, but this shit was fucking outrageous. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I could have suspended my disbelief for as long as this movie was. It was fucking insane. It didn't make a lick of sense. I did have fun, though. It was fun. But I cannot say that it was a good movie. I don't think this was a good movie. I think the problem is that this franchise is at its best when the movies are not exactly aware of how ridiculous they are. And I think this movie franchise has just become sentient as to how <laughs> absurd they are. And I think that's a bad thing. I think they leaned into it a little too hard and everything was just silly as fuck. I don't know what you guys thought. Amir, I know you said uh, we've talked before this a little bit you haven't watched all of the movies no. in the franchise right i think the last one i saw was like five or six probably i've missed the last couple do you remember what happens in that one? Ah, uh, gosh i think it might have been the bank fault one but that, that's fine that was bank five. fault is five yeah, the yeah bank fault that one was is five. excellent so you, you basically watched the best one and then you skipped all of them until now. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because I was going to say this is this is a tremendous downgrade. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it was okay, but like it definitely wasn't as good as five. 
yeah, it was too long. It was too silly. Uh, it, it didn't snap. It was kind of flabby. It's like sensory overload. When everything is ridiculous, nothing is that ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It feels like they're going a little bit through the motions. Maybe just because there's been ten of them now, but it just it does really feel like okay, we've literally seen this all of this before, and what we haven't seen before isn't that cool. I don't know. It was fine. I didn't like hate my time in this movie, but I don't know. There's definitely better movies in the franchise. What did you think, Derek? You're the Fast and the Furious head, right? So you can tell us out of all. <laughs> um, 10 of these movies that exist right now. Where, where does this rank for you? So I will say that I'm probably going to be the positive to your guys' negative. Magnet joke right there. <laughs> That's the second magnet joke of this podcast. But I honestly had a really good time with this. And I understand all of your guys' criticism. I mean, this is the ninth movie in like the main timeline of The Fast and the Furious. And what movie by its ninth film is going to not have maybe gone a little bit too over the top and maybe a little too silly and a little too reverent and and just crazy and i recognize all that but i still fucking love this thing (laughs) that's probably because you're right amir i am in love with this franchise like i love the fast and the furious franchise so much for me it's really hard for me to look at it negatively in a a non-biased way it's funny that you skipped all the other movies, Amir, and I would be curious if you ever do see those. But I do feel like this is the closest since Fast Five that we've gotten back to Fast Five. Oh, really? Interesting. What? Yes. Oh, so you think this is like a return to form? Not no a, a return to way. No not way. a return to form. But I think the the fact that Justin Lin is doing this helps. I think the fact that the action set pieces in the films that followed Fast Five were, in my opinion, a little bit more ridiculous than the last one we get in this movie. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing Jeff would disagree with that. For me, that last set piece feels a lot more like that set piece that we got in Five, right? Okay, so Fast Six is a chase chasing an airplane before it can take off and it takes 20 minutes to take off which is fucking ridiculous seven is like a nighttime chase through los angeles with absolutely like no traffic uh eight is cars versus submarine but this is like cars in a busy street and like there are casualties on the street and like there's actual destruction of like a city and that's what reminds me so much of fast five and I, that's why I feel like it, it's not a return to form, but it feels the closest to that. Here's my counterpoint, because <laughs> Fast Five was a bank ball, right? And then you said yeah. Fast Six is the plane, right? And then yeah. Fast Seven is the chase. And then Fast and Furious 8, Fate of the Furious, is the submarine. Those are all singular set pieces that I could suspend my disbelief for. But this was... An entire, like, two and a half hours where I had to fucking be like, no fucking way. Right? You got the shit with the landmines. You got the shit with the magnets. You got the shit with, like, this family shit that doesn't make any sense. And then they go to space. space. What the fuck? (laughs) I I will say, okay, well, to rebut your rebuttal, I mean, eight, you got, uh, I said, like, cars versus submarines. But that's also the one, I believe, zombie cars, right? Where Charlize Theron controls like a bunch of cars to like chase our heroes seven's the one where you have the cars that jump from skyscraper to skyscraper 
Six, you had, I mean, which is the awesome thing about Six is that you had the car that would flip other cars. I, I think if you've kind of ridden this ride, then you've come to expect this, right? There's just ridiculous things that you just suspend your disbelief. I don't know, man. I, I draw the line at a fucking car swinging on a vine like fucking Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? That was insane. What? Logic out the door. You just have to accept that logic's out the door. (laughs) I just could not suspend my disbelief for that long, that Mm -hmm. hard, (laughs) I don't think. Yeah, it was just, it was very goofy. And I don't know, the cast of these films has always been big, but it felt like the cast was a bit bloated. Like, it just felt a little too big in all dimensions. A little too long, the cast was a little too big. So how does this hold up for you, Derek? Like, between six, seven, and eight, like, where does this fall? Is this better than all of those? I still still think that there's an emotional weight to seven. Seven is the last one that Paul Walker appears in the franchise. And, you know, that was the beautiful send-off that they have at the, the end of that movie. So, I, I rank the seventh installment pretty high on my list of, of like, Fast and Furious movies just for that. Because right. I do think they, they handled that exit very well mm. in the franchise. But I do think this is better than eight and six. Uh, I... Yeah, really? I do think this is better than 8 and 6, yeah. 8, eight I actually don't like that much. I think eight's a pretty bad installment in, in the whole Fast and Furious uh, pantheon of movies. Wow, pantheon. I would go from best to worst from 5 on, you know, since 5 is like the reinvention of the franchise, right? Yes. I would rank 5 as the best, Yes. then 7, then 6, then 8, okay. then this. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so you're uh, just talking about five and on. I see. Okay. Five and on, yeah. Okay. So you just went five, six, seven. Did you go five, six? Oh, you went five, seven, six, eight, nine. No, no, no. I went eight, five, seven, six, seven, eight, six, eight, eight nine. nine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so five, 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 seven are definitely like one and two, it sounds like. It sounds like that's the consensus. I mean, I have a list based on all 10 if you guys want to hear Ooh, that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, do it. Do it. I have Fast Five as number one. I actually put the original Fast and the Furious over Furious 7 still. I mean, Fast 5 definitely has to be number one because it was one of your top 25 of the decade. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it was. I freaking loved it. It's really good. I don't think it's top 25 of the decade for me. We've we've gone over this, but it is good. I think it is the best. It's really good. Fast and the Furious movie. For sure. It's a fantastic reinvention of the franchise. It's really, it's really smart. Yes. Uh, but okay, so original Fast Furious number two, Furious Seven, I, I would put it at number three. I actually have Tokyo Drift at number four. I think that's pretty high on my, really? on my list. Tokyo Ooh. Drift, not bad. So people are very anti Tokyo Drift generally. If so you like, think about like all the Fast and Furious movies, like it's probably the movie that actually has the most to do with street racing, like actual street racing. And I think uh, there's an audacity to that, I think. And it, of course, it introduces us to the character of Han. Um, I had actually put Fast Nine at fifth. Uh, really? Fast and Furious. Wow. Okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Fast and Furious 6 uh, below that. I put Hobbs. I actually really liked Hobbs and Shaw, so I put that below Fast and Furious 6. Fast and Furious, which is the fourth installment below that. Fate of the Furious at 9, and then Too Fast, Too Furious at the way bottom. I think that Ooh. movie is just garbage. <laughs> really? Garbage, yeah. Because Vin Diesel is not in that one, right? It's technically the only one that Vin Diesel's not in because I think he shows up at the end of three. Yeah, like yeah he stinger. has like a cameo at the end, yeah. Yeah, it's the only one he's not in. I mean, it does introduce us to the characters of Tej and Roman. That's two, right? Yeah, that's two. It, it introduces... He shows up at the end of that, right? No, he shows up at the end of three, which is Tokyo Drift. Oh, Tokyo oh. Drift. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so he's not in two at all and he shows up only at the very end of three. I got No. It. 
So essentially, he's not really in three either. Right. He shows um, up again yeah. for four. I see. But yes, and then pretty much the main cast all kind of show up again for four. And then from then on, that's kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, like the modern iteration of Fast yeah, and the Furious, yeah. right? What we're in right now. Well, it's been going on for almost 20 fucking years. It's crazy, Actually, it has right? been 20 years. The Fast and the Furious was 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 20 years. Exactly 20 years. And we're years. still getting at least two more movies. <laughs> Vin Diesel's 53 right now. He was 33. Wow. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. You know what I do commend Vin Diesel for in this movie? Is that I would have thought he would have went like, if fucking Marvel can do it, let's de-age me. Right? <laughs> let's, like, I really thought he would have been like, let's use the technology to de-age me and I'll play me as a younger person. You know, I do appreciate that they had this like younger cast to do the the flashbacks. I mean... Okay, to be fair, they were good. The flashbacks, you mean? Yeah, in likeness yeah. and the acting, I thought... And even the were... way he, that guy sounds like Vin Diesel. He actually yeah, kind of sounds like Vin Diesel. they were probably the best part of the movie. I do like the flashbacks. I mean, I, a lot of this stuff has been hinted at uh, in, in the past iterations of Fast and Furious. Because there is a little bit more emotional weight with the idea of, like, you know, his dad dying and then... Right. It, it is hard to suspend my disbelief on, like, how he's never mentioned that he has a brother. Dude, that's, like, one of the biggest things for me. Like, this fucking <laughs> entire franchise... It's like about, about family. family. Yeah. And he's like, oh, family's so important. You got to take family a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> That's definitely not the quote, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to take family. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the quote, but I'm making fun. I'm poking fun. But this whole entire franchise is about family. And he fucking never mentions that he has a fucking brother. A brother, he- yeah abandoned basically he fucking abandoned him that also makes him a hypocrite by the way right yeah how do you enforce the importance of family and just fucking abandon your brother like that right and i think it's kind of shitty like in the flashbacks that you know it's about dom and jacob right but like did they forget that fucking mia is part of the family too yeah right she's their sister like she's like barely in the flashbacks if at all. You see them as younger. Yeah, I feel like they forget about her in the, in the present day a little bit, too. I mean, not quite as bad, because there are a few moments with, with Jacob and Mia that, that kind of worked for me. But she's definitely kind of sidelined. Yeah, but I do appreciate, I mean, because she wasn't in 8, right? They kind of omitted her character completely in 8. So it doesn't make sense that, like, you would bring her character back if it has to do with one of her other brothers, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, like, a more natural way to kind of bring her character back without having to actually bring back the Brian character, right? Which, of course, you know, rest in peace, uh, Paul Walker. I know, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're ever going to show his character again, really. Right. So, Amir, I have to ask. I mean, you, you if, if Fast Five's the last one you've seen, and this is Fast Nine, like, Fast Five was the introduction of, of Dwayne Johnson as, as Hobbs, and then this is the introduction of John Cena as, like, Jacob. Like, how do you compare them? Ooh. I'm curious. Um, Oh, yeah, because they're both just, wrestler actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I like The Rock more. Um, yeah, I think I'll he's a, I think he's a much more charismatic actor, and I think he's uh, just like more physically imposing. And like, I think he has a believable antagonism with Vin Diesel because they like hate each other in real life, and I think you can see that in the film. <laughs> 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 so um, I really liked that they, you know, they didn't force him to really act. It's just like, hey, this guy you fucking hate in real life, <laughs> being a movie with him. So I think that I like, yeah, I like The Rock a lot better. This Jake character doesn't a hundred percent work for me. 
Mm-hmm. It's fine, but it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's just okay. I think the main problem is that they don't let John Cena really flex the muscles he's strongest in with this. I think he has this larger-than-life personality that's a little yeah. goofy sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. They didn't let him do any of that. I think they let The Rock really lean into his, like The Rock persona for Hobbs, but... They didn't really do that for John Cena. He's like, oh, it was serious business. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like God, a ser- you know? He's like a serious spy or whatever. And fuck, it's fucking yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, he's all, he always has that, like, scowl on his face that just, like, that's not you, man. Like, I always, I expect John Cena to have a smile on his face most of the time. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. right, so let's, let's give a little synopsis of the movie. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just for people who, <laughs> I guess, haven't seen it or just want to hear us talk about this ridiculous movie without having... To go see it. So the whole thing is that uh, Mr. Nobody, played by Kurt Russell, his plane crashes and he disappears, right? And he's transporting Cypher, played by Charlize Theron. Is that is that correct? Yes. Yes, yes that's right. So Tej and Roman come to Dom and Letty, played by Michelle Rodriguez, that Cypher has escaped, right? And uh, Dom is like, I'm not interested. We got our son Brian, and then Letty's, like, all into the mission. She wants to go. Dom doesn't want to go. But he sees, like, video footage, and he recognizes Jacob's cross necklace, which is a matching necklace that he has that his father gave them. And because it's his brother, he agrees to go on this mission to find Jacob, who broke Cypher out of prison or out of the prisoner transport. Yeah, this is not the first time like Dom has like has more information than everybody else, but just refuses to tell anybody <laughs> and like help the situation. Make but he it does just tell them little. pretty quick, though, doesn't he? Or no? Not until not? not until after the guy like uh, interrupts their heist, right? Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, like he, he shows up mid heist to like basically, you know, they they find the plane, right? And they also find this MacGuffin, right? This uh, do you guys remember what it's called? It was called Project Ares. Ares. Project Ares. Ares. Thank you. Dumbest fucking MacGuffin ever, by the way. Yes. And in the past, I think, like, they've tried to, like, create cool things that are a little bit techie. This is definitely the the weakest MacGuffin they've ever created. What but does I think it they do? recognize it. it it's it something just hacks into weapon systems. Yeah. It, like, it basically controls networks or whatever. Yeah, that's all it is. And It's it, like a it's skeleton whatever. key for all the weapon systems in the world or some shit like that. Or all so the computers in the yeah, world. It's, 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 it's very stupid. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's pretty dumb, but they don't focus on it too much. I, I think they recognize, like, we don't care about this MacGuffin. Let's just, we'll tell you it's dangerous, and then we just move on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, the whole movie is about basically getting these, There's the MacGuffin split up into two parts, is getting these two parts back together. But also, there's a key, which we find out later in the movie that it is an actual person named, I believe her name was Lee? No, L. <laughs> L, sorry, L. Her name is L, yes. L. So there's a lot of jet setting in this world, and I, I mean, I guess if we want to focus on L, we meet L because she's part of the reintroduction of the character of Han. So we find out that Han, who was supposed to have died in 3, which that movie technically takes place between 6 and 7. Should have Okay, so yeah, this outrageous. is just, that's what I wanted to... Uh, Clarifies. Yes. So, what is the chronological order of these movies? Technically, it's one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, everything's in chronological order except for three, which takes place between 
6 and 7. So, uh, in 3, we see that Han dies. At the end of 6, we learn that it's actually Jason Statham's character that murders him, right? That causes his accident in 3. But then we find out in this movie that it was all a ruse and that Mr. Nobody was able to fake his death and he never was in the car in the first place. I wasn't very clear because you definitely it's see not him very bleeding. Clear. You definitely see him bleeding in the car, but the next time you see him, he's not bleeding at all. So I was very confused. Does that feel cheap to you? Like as someone who's into yes, the franchise, absolutely. are you like, oh god, they like the one like you know death that like had an impact in the series? They're taking it away. I love Han, but this felt very very cheap. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad to see him back, but like... Yeah, would you rather see him back in the franchise, regardless of the cheapness of it, or are you like, I wish he stayed dead? No, I'd rather see him back. <laughs> You'd rather see him back? I yeah. don't know. I mean, like, how much legs does this franchise have left? He's such a small part of a huge ensemble. I mean, he is, like, one of the coolest characters. I think he's just really fucking cool, but, like, I'm a little torn. I don't know if if it's actually worth bringing him back. If it's going to just undo that actually affecting death, you know? For me, I would say that the one death that, like, I think is more affecting is the Giselle death, right? Because she actually sacrifices herself to save Han. Like, if they ever brought her character back, I'd be like, no, you shouldn't have brought her character back. But, like, honestly, he just died in a street race. Like, there was no weight to his death. So it's like, if he's a fan favorite, you know, I guess, just bring him back. It's fine. I mean, I think that's what everyone can they bring dead people back anyway? They already did it once with Letty. (laughs) Yeah, right. If you forget, Letty was supposed to be dead, too. Letty was also dead, yeah. So so when you think about, like, the order of the movies, like, in the way the movies are filmed, when you see Tokyo Drift, like, you don't really know who Han is. Yeah, and you don't know that he has the background with the team and with Giselle. But, like, in actuality, like, all this stuff is, like... Han prequel stuff or something. So, like, in actuality, he has his long history with the team that we just didn't know about when you see him in three. Okay. It's just a huge retcon, right? They're just like, oh, we really like... Yeah, of course. Yeah, we really like Han. This movie isn't really, like, attached to any other movie, so let's just say that it takes place between six and seven, just because that works for the timeline, right? And that's exactly what they did, so... And we'll have this super spy, Mr. Nobody be the one who saves him and yeah I, I i think that's really cheap i think it's really not that creative i wish they did figure out a better way but in the also, end what happened to mr nobody is he dead yes. is he alive we have no idea <laughs> we have no idea gotta come back for the 11th movie in the series to find out so do you guys uh have like a read on why people like han so much because he is cool but like i i can't like point to any like thing where i'm like oh wow this is why i love this character i was like oh he's cool i'm glad to see him back but like what's the thing about him that's so appealing i think it's because he was one of the favorite characters in the tokyo drift movie right he's probably the best character from that movie but also i think he he is just since you know five he's become this kind of crucial member of this team and like honestly he just exudes cool right and like sleek and and I think that's why people like him. Like he he has a presence without being so bombastic as someone like Ludacris or someone like Tyrese, mm-hmm. right? Like I think those characters are like comedic relief where this guy is just kind of like the cool guy who just drives the car and gets the cool action seat sometimes. And I was gonna say partially I think the justice for Han thing is it's become larger than life also, and I think that's partially why I think people want him to come back and, and I think it's probably forced their hand to bring him back. Mm. Because I, I think he could have stayed dead and no one would have, like, thought otherwise, right? I think he exudes this, like, Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven yeah. type mm-hmm. uh, cool because he's, like, always eating. 
He's got like that the toothpick in his mouth, and like he's just he's just a cool dude, you know. And I think like the Asian representation has something to do with it too. I was you know, because say, you have, I feel like that's got to be a big part of it. You know, like the Asian male white female relationship, which you almost never see in pop culture. They had that with with him and Giselle, right? Uh, I think a lot of people latched onto that. And then uh, Justin Lin had some cool lore for him, right? Because <laughs> lore, <laughs> yeah, because. Sung Kang, who plays Han, he was in the, this movie called Better Luck Tomorrow. I don't know if you guys remember, um, mm-hmm. which was Justin Lin's directorial debut. And he also played a character named Han. So, like, he retconned that to be like, oh, this is the same Han as, like, the Fast and Furious movies, you know? And, and that's kind of cool, too. It's interesting. Well, that's really weird because technically Jason Tobin's also in that movie who plays yeah, his cousin. Right. If you're thinking too yeah. much about it, then like, just don't, don't think too much about it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta think about it too much, but it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the thing I do love the most about this franchise, though, is that it is so diverse, right? In its cast, I mean, they're, they're not shy in, in hiring, you know, like, different cast members from different ethnicities represent, like, a broad spectrum. And I think that's why it has such a high appeal. In so many mm-hmm. different countries and, and in America. But also, like, if you think about it, this is, like, the one franchise that's mainly been led by Asian Americans, right? I mean, with Justin Lin directing most of the movies, you had James Wan doing one. Right, right. So, like, I do commend that, the franchise for that. Like, this is, like, an Asian-led franchise, if you really think about it. But mostly behind it. the yeah. camera, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because really, only, only, only in front of the camera, it's really just Han, right? It's Han, and now we have the L character. Right, but... Yeah, not just Asians, though. I mean, like, Michelle Rodriguez, you got, like, Latinx representation, mm-hmm. Tyrese and, and Ludacris, you know, Natalie Emanuel's in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got decent it's a, representation. It's a, it's a pretty there. diverse yeah. class. Yeah, it's a pretty diverse, yeah. diverse cast, for sure. It's just funny to think, like, how many times this whole franchise has reinvented itself. I mean, for God's sake, this fucking franchise started with street racers boosting DVD players. And now they're going into space. What the fuck? (laughs) And like, all right, so like, what are these people? What are they? Are they like a paramilitary organization now? It's so not clear. Are they sanctioned by the government? They're just straight up spies, man. (laughs) Whatever organization Mr. Nobody works for, they're just, now they're just basically like, contract workers with that with them right <laughs> all criminals no they were cleared they were cleared they were at the cleared, end of like six or seven or whatever right so they're all heroes now <laughs> i mean you mentioned it very early in, in this episode jeff where like this has become very self-aware i do agree with you in that regard that this movie is the first time like you know we've had an actual character say like i'm a fucking spy this is my world you guys are in my world. Like, it's recognizing now that, like, this has become more of a spy franchise than anything. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like, we've switched genres. Yeah. No, I mean, you mentioned that, but, like, there's also the Tyrese superhero speech. It's oh, like, yeah. hey, guys, we're invincible, right? Yeah, that was very... We, uh, like, never die. Yeah. And, like, uh, I lived through this whole landmine explosion and, like, I'm going shot into at space. I've been in my shot jacket. <laughs> and, like, we've never even been so much as like seriously injured so it's like are we superheroes i just thought that was really on the nose and fucking stupid okay it was on the nose but i I preferred that stupidity to the stupidity of like 
watching him spin in a circle and kill like a million guys who were all trying yeah. to kill him. Like that bugged me actually. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. I was like, wait, what kind of movie am I watching? Like, I don't know. Like these movies are always over the top, but they weren't that kind of over the top. Like when this become mm-hmm. a movie about like machine gunning a million guys to death? Like it's just very weird. And while you're surrounded too. Yeah. Really like weird. it just didn't, it just didn't hit. That felt a little odd. They didn't even try to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? And I think, like, this movie has a lot of this hand-wavy shit where they're just like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Just fucking hand-wave it away. Which is fine <laughs> if the stuff is cool, right? If it's cool. If it's cool. But Yeah, if it's cool, but, like, if it doesn't work for you, then you start it to doesn't work, nitpick it doesn't, a little yeah. bit. And I think that what I was going to say is that I, I typically like the dynamic between the Tyrese and Ludacris character. Like, I think they are the comedic relief that they've found – for this franchise. Have they always been that? Because that actually, I, I, that, because that struck me. I was like, wait, like, why are these two guys, like, the fucking minstrels or whatever? Like, I don't know. It was very, like, <laughs> it was, like, very just, like, I don't know. I was just like, wait, why are these two guys always, like, off on the side doing their own, like, fucking Def Jam, like, thing? Like, it's just like, what is happening? Like, it's just very weird. I, I think in the, in the second one, they weren't like that. I mean, they were kind of, they, they played more straight in, in the second movie when they were introduced, but, Ever since Fast Five, I think they the writers have realized more and more that like these two characters kind of belong with each other and like kind of play off each other well. But I will say that I think in this movie, it's it's probably the least successful to me. I think that the ty- this all the stuff you've already mentioned with the Tyree Skipson character, like of Roman, like doesn't work. I think the idea of going to space is fucking crazy and like cool, but it really doesn't work in this movie. I think it's just. All they do is they fucking drive a car in space and ram a satellite. There's a lot of kinetic energy that, that's involved in that last action sequence. And then sometimes it'll just all of a sudden halt and then we're just in space and it's like quiet and it's slow. And I think it was a wrong choice maybe uh, to, to go into space or into space. Into space. <laughs> <laughs> or the way they just treated it. Because it's just like they were just floating and they're like, let's ram the satellite. And I'm like, okay. This Derek, is just not- think about what you just said yeah. right there. You just said yeah. – Maybe sending them into Yo. space was not Yo. such a great idea. If, if, if Tom Cruise is going to space, they can go to space. <laughs> but to, to build off of what you're saying about Tyrese and uh, Ludacris, I just didn't think like the humor they had in this movie landed, right? I just yeah, didn't no, think it, it really landed that well. I didn't really laugh at any of their jokes. I don't know. I I still can't get over some of the science in this movie, man. That shit fucking does not work at all. I mean... You have NASA working on the Challenger for, like, a million years, doing all the calculations, and, like, a tiny little O-ring malfunction blows up the entire ship. But you can just fucking send a fucking Fiero into space with, like, no shielding, (laughs) a fucking rocket strapped onto it. I I don't know. I can't. I can't really suspend my disbelief for that. That shit's crazy. I'll agree. The space stuff is a little too ridiculous. I took it a little too far. And, like, did you like... The giant, uh, I don't even know what the hell it was. The giant train slash truck sequence. I actually really enjoyed that sequence. I think the use of the magnets was clever. I know we joked about it, and, and yes, it's. I, I know Jeff's going to mention the science behind the magnets, and I also <laughs> recognize that the science behind the magnets is very, very often strange in this movie. But honestly, I fucking loved it. Like the times where they like they're pushing and pulling, right? Like fucking like pulling things through buildings or pulling cars through buildings or 
or pushing cars into like people like it's it's ridiculous but honestly i had a lot of fun with that 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 was the most fun i think i had the the, mag- the magnets were kind of cool it's a, I, I didn't expect to be watching an insane clown posse music video but like it's fine <laughs> <laughs> the thing that like yeah, I don't know. The, yeah, the wonkiness of the magnets did bother me a little bit, even though it was kind of cool. But I just – I was going to say I didn't really like the giant train thing sequence. Mm. Like I liked the magnets a little more maybe even in the other scenes. That whole thing – I don't know. Maybe it was just the design of the train thing itself I didn't like. I don't know. It was just, it was just sort of odd. It just didn't, didn't really hit to me. I was with the armored train thing up until – they flip Cypher it? tries to kill oh, yeah, Dom, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he just fucking miraculously lives a missile being fucking launched right through the fucking front of the train, and he just jumps out, does like a superhero landing, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm cool, I'm fine, <laughs> you know? Well, we also had the part where, like, the train's about to squish John Cena, and he, like, jumps from one car to the other, right? <laughs> that was also a little ridiculous. Like, there, there is a lot of, yeah, ridiculous in, in, this, in, in this final action sequence. I mean, you just have to accept that these people are fucking invincible. Yeah. Like, they just yeah. can't fucking die. I Ty- mean, I Ty- guess... Tyrese was right. I guess Tyrese was right, right? Like, Roman was there are right, definitely impacts in this movie that would have liquefied people. <laughs> and they just fucking shrug it off. Now, so, so the fight between John Cena and Vin Diesel, uh, while they're in the city, he shoves uh, Vin Diesel through, like, the the top of the doorway yes and it blows open the fucking doorway to all the concrete flying he's and fucking Vin Diesel just <laughs> shrugs it off he's got like some concrete dust on his shoulders and that that's it and then in the car chase the the fucking thug guy goes straight through a metal sign yeah. a highway sign you would be fucking liquefied from that come on man there's no way there's that part where they turn on the magnets and you see inside like a store and there's just like a family standing there and then all this stuff just gets pulled and just misses them completely and they i'm like died. no way yeah, someone <laughs> should have been impaled died. by like a nail in the head or something like there's no way they all those pieces it, it's, miss a, that it's a family. superhero movie right it's a superhero movie pre-man of steel so the collateral damage <laughs> doesn't really like isn't a point that people care about you just shrug it Building off. Building like, okay, as happening. long as you show people not getting hurt. Right. It's not happening. That's – yeah. But yes, I agree, Jeff. There are some points in this that are just absolutely ridiculous. You mentioned the part where he gets like thrown through the, the header of the door. If, if you know anything about construction, there is a big piece of whatever holding up that door frame. So like he, he should be – Concussed. Oh, yeah, you're he should an architect. Be dead. You would know. Yeah. You should know more yeah. than anyone. <laughs> yeah, he should be dead. He should be decapitated. He should just be like concussed to, to, to the point where he can't get up if he's going through uh, a header and, he's, <laughs> and it explodes like that. There's no way. It's ridiculous. <laughs> What's the best action scene in this movie, Jeff? Because I think you already said, Derek, you liked the train one, mm-hmm. right? What did mm-hmm. you like, Jeff? What do you think like worked for you? Ooh, I don't know. I think. The magnet stuff is cool if you can just like totally hand wave away that. Turn your brain that's not off. How magnets work, you know, like <laughs> like the cars are made of metal. So if you turn on a magnet inside the car, you're gonna crumple the car first before anything around it, right? You're gonna yeah. pull the engine right through the fucking dashboard. That's very true. But that's a very good point. Yeah, I guess they just didn't fucking even want to think about that. That whole thing goes out the window if, if you do that, right? So I guess, I yeah. guess they can't do that. But I gotta go with the reintroduction of 
Han and... Oh, yeah, and the, the apartment. Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster fighting the, the thugs trying yes, to get that that's a, I I that, that actually is a really slick little kind of almost down-to-earth kind of action scene. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did like that. street-level shit. That's I like that. Good, that is actually a good one. That's very nice. Yeah, and I like how it's buttoned with like her just like running the guy through the window. I thought that was really cool. That you, I do agree. That's a really good action scene. That, that might get my vote, too, actually. That one was really quite good. And I think related to the chase across the city and the head going through the, the doorway, uh, I think I laughed the most when John Cena had like 5,000 grappling guns hidden across the city. Yeah. <laughs> he's just shooting grappling hook to grappling hook to grappling hook across the entire city. It was so fucking funny. Yeah, I, was like, cool. I don't know Get how all I those have, things. I have no idea how Vin Diesel even caught up to him. Like, I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. It doesn't. It I actually, fine. I had a question for you, Amir. So, I mean, because you haven't seen some of the other movies. This is your first introduction to the Charlize Theron character, Cypher. So what did you think? I mean, she has her own movie. Basically, she's the villain of eight. Yeah, but, I guess you know. I, I guess I just wish she had more to do because she's obviously like the best actress in this thing by like a mile. So like, yeah, it would have been nice. I guess Helen Mirren's in this for like two seconds. <laughs> but I kind of wish Charlize Theron had a little more to do because even the goofy line she made, like she made them fun. And like she yeah. was having a little bit of fun with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's basically a glorified cameo. Yeah, just to remind you that she is still in the franchise. Because she was, like I said, she was the villain of Eight. She's in this. And I'm my guess is she is, like, the final... She's going to be the final villain, right, of this whole franchise. Uh, so you will probably see more of her in, in 10 and 11. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this is going to be, like, a, a real gear switch. But who is... The mother of their son, little Brian. Oh, you met her in um, Fast, in Fast Five. Five. Yeah, she's that's, the uh, uh, Elena. Okay, that's Elsa Pataki's character. Yes, yes Elsa Pataki's character. Yes. Got it. Who, okay. uh, Cipher, Charlie Theron's character, kills in eight. in the last. Is movie. that correct? Right. Yes. Okay, got yes. It. yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Because you probably I don't know if you remember from five, but like Letty wasn't alive yet, right? At like, that point, right. Dom doesn't know that she's alive, so he does form a relationship with Lena's character, and they they are together for a little bit. And I guess during that time, you know, he impregnates <laughs> Elena's character, um, and that's the kid that we we see in this movie. Yeah, I'll up all the gaps. Do you have any other questions? Continuity <laughs> questions? I'm sure you could go all night with this stuff, but no, I, I think that was my biggest. The only other thing I didn't like remember. And like you can, I don't know. Like I, I don't feel like I needed to see eight in order to get what Charlize Theron was doing here. Like I think it's fine. I think you can just jump right in and not like worry too much about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know the characters in this seemed. I know it sounds weird. Thinner than I remember. Like maybe they're just like not given enough to do, but just like there's just I don't too know, many. Like, of if them. You, yeah, there's, there's just too many people. It's like I don't know. Like if you're having like I know it's not a heist movie, but like whatever. In one of these kind of movies where like doing the thing with the plan. And, like, you know, everybody's going to have their role. It didn't feel like people really had their role that they had to be doing quite. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was fully, pretty chaotic. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, like, I kind of wish, like, we had, like, okay, Roman is doing the thing because he's the, you know, car driver or whatever. And then Todd is good at this. And then, you know, whatever. And Natalie Emanuel's character is good at that or whatever. A little bit of it, right? She was doing the hacking yeah. thing for them or whatever. But it was just... Yeah, and I, I think, like, the villain roles were really spread too thin. Like, you had three of them, 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them, which I think was just terrible, the auto character. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't I like think him? auto sucked. It was fine. He didn't bother me. He's like a stereotypical, I don't know, you go trash villain. Chip right? on boy. daddy's boy. Yeah. yeah, like it's a very, it's a very, you know. But you didn't need him, stock role. Cypher, and Jacob, right? I think that's just well, no, too because much. You, you don't have get to have, any... you have to have someone for Jacob to like turn against and become good, right? So that's Otto. Yeah, I guess. But that didn't work for me either. Like his his sudden change of heart. I feel like Cypher's betrayal doesn't really make any sense either. Like turning on Jacob. Like why did Otto turn on Jacob? Jacob's done everything he's ever wanted and he's fucking good at it too. Right? Yeah. Like I don't think that made any sense. And for him to just like be like, okay, I'm on the good guys team now, you know? It doesn't really make any sense. I thought it was it was pretty lazy writing. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of weird that the last scene we see before Cypher returns is that she's insulting Otto. So, like, that transition between, like, insulting Otto and then all of a sudden, like, Otto's on her side, it's like, that didn't work for me. I don't know, it worked for me. I think she, like, was clearly laying the groundwork of, like, you're an idiot, I'm going to manipulate you, and, like, planting the seed of, like, Jacob is not gonna like, stick with you or whatever. She says something like that, right? So, like, I think, I don't know, it, it, that, that worked for me. Did you guys like, I know we talked about them a little bit earlier, and, like, you said you liked the acting and the, and the casting. Do you guys like the flashbacks? Yeah, I did. I generally did like the the additions. I didn't like that stupid dream sequence that we got in the middle of the movie. Uh, when, oh, when Dawn's underwater. To, yeah, underwater. Yeah, 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 I thought yeah, that was kind of lame. Yeah, but I think generally, I think the filling in that relationship between Jacob and, and Dawn with the flashbacks, I think, helps. Right, sell the relationship a little bit more versus like if we didn't get any of that and they he, they all they just said was like oh you killed dad and that's why I hate you. Right, see, but like yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, it actually it. works because I'm not sure like what the logic behind that is and like how their dad actually died. I feel like Jacob's character as a whole, the more you think about him, like the more you get like a cascade failure of this entire movie where like none of the shit he does really makes any sense. Yeah. Like, what did he do to their dad's car to make it fucking explode? And what does that have to do with his dad throwing the race or whatever? Because you don't have to rig the car to explode to have him lose. You could, like, do something else. I don't know. It's not clear what he does to the car. I don't think he's supposed to care exactly what he does. It's like caring, like, oh, how did, like, they reverse the polarity of the shield on Star Trek or something. It doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah, the yeah. point the, the point is supposed to be that he does something to the car that is supposed to allow the dad to throw the race, but he f- either screws it up or this is like an inevitable risk of the procedure. And, and he dies you know, instead. And, and he dies instead, right? And then, you know, Dom has blamed him for it for the last couple of decades because Dom didn't know the truth because Dom was too stick up his own ass to, to be like let on the secret yeah. or whatever. I did think the scene where – the flashback scene where they race was pretty funny. Uh, in a melodramatic way. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the street racing. I think it's a nice callback to bring it street is. racing back. Shrinks, yeah, because we haven't seen it in a while in any of these movies. And the whole thing is really hilarious where Dom is yeah. just like telling Jacob's like, if I win, you just drive and you don't stop and I never fucking see you again. And then Jacob loses and he's like, no! no! And then he's like driving away. It's, <laughs> it's so melodramatic and fucking silly. And then in the dream sequence, we get to see the whole thing again, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do agree that the racing 
The racing's a nice addition. I was going to yeah. bring that up that like, you know, we have not seen street racing in the franchise in a long time. Uh, so it was kind of nice to have a little bit of a callback. But yes, it is very corny. And if you're a fan of the franchise, you knew that he was going to push the button too early because that's just that's, what <laughs> that's basically what happens in all the every time. Movies, all of them, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're you know because that's exactly what happens in the first movie, right? Brian's character hits the hits the button, uh, the NOS button, a little bit too early, and Dom's like too early, <laughs> right? And then he wins the race. Like that's it happens what... in multiple movies. That's it's the thing that just keeps that always good happens. drivers from the bad man. That's what it, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I was going to say, the one thing that kept throwing me off when I was watching this movie is that, like, I guess I can believe that maybe Jacob's pretty young in the flashbacks. He's substantially shorter than the actor they found to play, like, young Dom. But then John mm. Cena is, like, Huge. way taller than yeah. Vin Diesel. So they do, it just, it was they kind do a of lot of camera work to try and kind of hide that, though, right? Yeah. They tried, like, but just yeah. like they yeah. did with The Rock, where right? Like, where they just try and make it seem like they're on an equal footing, which, like, they're not. I'm sorry. Vin Diesel is, like, a normal, like, Jacked guy and The Rock is like two jacked guys put together. So like they're just very, very different scale. I do think the behind the scenes drama between Vin Diesel and The Rock is is very funny. Apparently they squashed the beef. Apparently. <laughs> is The Rock coming back then? I mean, you if you guys are c- complaining already about how many characters this movie has, I think, I mean, the only way to end like 10 and 11 is to have just like every character possible come <laughs> ever yeah, come back to ever this movie, come right? Back. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because this this was definitely pushing the limits, but hey, there's definitely more to be farmed. Just throw all the money at Eva Mendez. Throw all the money at her yeah, to come yeah, back yeah. for like a bit part in, in either 10 or 11. I guess the last thing I would want to mention is that, I don't, do you guys stick around? There was a mid credit scene. Oh, I did not know that. I, mi- I missed it. There was. So, uh, well, to describe it to you, we see a figure boxing, right? He's like practicing with a, a punching bag. The figure is hooded and then... After he's done punching the bag, he heals himself, and it is Deckard Shaw. So you've never met Deckard Shaw, right, Amir? The uh, no, this, this, is this Idris Elba's character? No, it is um, Jason, Jason Statham's character. Oh, okay. Yeah, Idris Elba's dead. They killed him. Oh, they <laughs> killed him in Hobbs and yeah. Shaw. Oh shit. All right. Yeah, in Hobbs and um, Shaw. Yeah. But yeah, this is the Jason Statham character. This is the character that apparently you know kills Han. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a person in his punching bag that he's punching, but I don't think that's relevant. It, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just some random muck. Random dude, yeah. Uh, but then we hear a knocking on the door, and when he answers the door, it is Han, right? And there's definitely a look of surprise on Jason Statham's face, right? Not fully expecting the person that he killed to answer the door. And then, of course, it cuts the black, and that is our mid credit scene. Ooh. I've seen some articles like, oh, has this movie given you know Han the justice that he deserves? And the director says that, no, that scene is kind of the beginning of something that they've, they're have they going to extend that in, in the next movie. So, I mean, uh, we're definitely going to see whatever interaction it is between those characters in the next couple movies. Yeah. I, I think to go back to Han's resurrection or whatever, I think his resurrection takes away from Jason Statham's character's growth, if you could even call it that, you know? Because he was a villain, right? Because everyone fucking hated him for killing Han. And now there's, like, begrudging respect for him as, like, this anti-hero who teams up with the the heroes every once in a while. I mean, the dude does save Dom's baby, so it's like, he yeah, has to forgive him. <laughs> but then they took that away from him. Which I don't even know how that works. Like, they say he wasn't in on that. But, like, how are you not in on that from, like, exploding some guy's car and then, like, not knowing that he's not in it anymore? I don't I don't understand how that works. How do you fake Han's death 
without looping fucking uh, Shaw into it. I, I just yeah. don't understand. I don't think it really makes any sense. And the line also makes it seem like Han isn't mad at it. But like, he, he knew that this was going to happen. Like, you know, Shaw was there to kill him, but, like, he knew he was never going to die. Right? Mm. So, like, there is this kind of, well, is is Han really mad at Shaw? Is this even a beef, right? Does he want justice like everybody wants him to have, right? They make it seem like a cliffhanger, and then it's probably going to be like, we cool? We cool. We cool. I, we cool. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I, I don't know. We'll see in the next movie if this is going to just be this very anticlimactic mid credit scene that amounts to nothing. Like I said, I, you know, I hope that a lot more characters come back, because I do like the Deckard Shaw character. I, I hope he comes back in the next one. I do hope that The Rock's character comes back in the next one. I, I, I think it would be nice to see all those characters, like, again, fill up the screen one more time, at least. It's going to be crazy overstuffed. It's going to be bananas, yeah, I know. <laughs> Was there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Yeah, I don't know. This is too long a movie for me. It it, it kind of didn't really fully hit the spot, but whatever. I'll, I mean, I'm still going to go see 10. So, like, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was only supposed to be 10. And then they had the audacity to be like, well, if Avengers can split up their finale into two, we're going to do that. And now there's going to be a 10 and 11 oh, good Lord. <laughs> that are filming back to back. 10 part one and 10 part yeah, two. Yeah, they're supposed to like film back to back. It's crazy. I hope it's like two two hour movies, not two two and a half or three hour movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't need that much Fast and the Furious in my life. I already have the name for the movie. They should just Please, take this. What is it? It's going to be called Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. <laughs> Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. Seat Very nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> got it. I got it. Got I just came wow. up with that right now. Got it. That's good. <laughs> I will not accept any other title. Uh. Except no substitutes. I want to ask you guys one more question. So I know it is a butt of a joke uh, to always kind of reference the idea of family in these movies, right? Like it's become like this running joke. I did a count. How many times do you think they say family in this movie? I feel like not that many. Not like the other movies, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just like a general number out there. What do you think? Five? What about you, Mir? Nah, more than that. I'm going to go 20. 20? (laughs) Dude, it's two and a half hours. They definitely say it at least 20 times. Jeff is actually pretty close. Really? I counted. I was doing my best to try to keep track while I was paying attention to the movie, but uh, I counted only seven times. Wow. They say family. Really? Jeff's kind of hinting at it. I do think that they are aware of the joke. So I think they've purposely probably try not to say it as much as they used to. Take the gas off the pedal. Yeah. A little you bit, missed the post credit scene where they just say family 80 <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> But yeah, I, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, let me do this. They'll be fun. You know, I'll have the guys guess. And then I realized like, oh, they actually didn't say it that much. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think if that is all, that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at Strange Harbors and also on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? It was an easy one. You can find me in space. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> are, you cr- are you crashing into a satellite? Yeah, I'm not planning on it, bro. I got work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, about work you? tomorrow. <laughs> what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me, uh, like I mentioned last week, follow me at two places, uh, Screen Agents Guild and World's OKS Photos. <laughs> but if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. 
Yeah. And if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, anything you want to add to our episode on F9, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like uh, getting listener email, fan emails. Uh, we like reading them out on the pod. So uh, don't forget to shoot us an email. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.